Hello, when you're listening to Creating Real Marriages That Last with Dr. Mike Lynn, Senior and Teaching Pastor of Brentwood Baptist Church. Today's podcast is entitled Original Plan. We'll be listening on a sermon that Mike preached back in 2010 on the original meaning of marriage. Let's listen in to Dr. Mike Lynn. Somewhere along the line, our culture decided that marriage is a good thing. It helps people. It, it helps the stability of children. And now we have an entire cottage industry on working marriages out. Uh, there are people who stay up late at night and study the statistics about, well, if you do this or do that, then you increase your success of a happy marriage. You go to any bookstore, and there's just rows and rows and rows about how to improve your communication skills, how to talk to your spouse about money, how to find out about his needs and tell her about your needs and find out about her needs and tell her about your needs, and on and on the list goes. And, and we become so analytical about this that we literally cannot see the forest for the trees. Uh, We're paying attention to every little detail, and I thought maybe today it may help us just to step back a little bit, kind of get some altitude so we can look at this thing, and begin to understand again in a new way what God's original intentions were. And we have that in an old story. Now, if you're married, maybe you need to refocus on the bullseye. And if you're not, Maybe you need to make sure today that you're shooting at the right target. It's an old story. It's in Genesis chapter 2. Stand with me in honor of God's word. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper who is like him. So the Lord God formed out of the ground each wild animal and each bird of the sky and brought each to the man to see what he would call it. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. And the man gave names to all the livestock, to the birds of the sky, and every wild animal. But the man, no helper, was found who was like him. So the Lord God caused deep sleep to come over the man, and he slept. And God took one of his ribs and closed the flesh at that place. And when the Lord God made the rib, he had taken from the man into a woman and brought her to the man. And then the man said, This one, at last, is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. This one will be called woman, for she was taken from man. That's why a man leaves his father and mother and bonds with his wife, and they become one flesh. Both the man and his wife were naked, yet felt no shame. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray together. So many of us are broken. So many of us have missed. So we pray, Father, that you would bring healing to our lives. And in that healing, bring hope. And in that hope, bring dreams to us again. We pray this in your name. Amen. Now, if you were in church as long as I was, and, and you sat it through as many services as I did, one of the things you had to do to amuse yourself was find funny Bible verses. And this is one you always found. You would sit back there being 12 or 13 years old in the back of the church, and you would find this verse, and you would point to your friend, and you would point out this verse, and you would elbow him, and the both of you would, ah, two people naked, that was just the funniest thing in the Bible.
then you get older and you flip through your Bible and that passage catches your eye again and you read it two people a man and a wife naked with no shame but this time you don't laugh you sigh you find yourself whispering I would give anything to have a relationship like that I would give anything to be in a situation where I, there were no secrets, there were no games. I could just be who I was and I would be known for who I was and I'd be accepted for who I was and I wouldn't have to pretend to be anything or anybody else. Just me. I'd give anything for that. And your next thought? Your next thought is too late. Maybe there was a moment of innocence. Maybe there was a time when I could have done something differently. Maybe there was an opportunity to make another choice. But there are too many decisions since then, too many wrong choices, too many foolish mistakes. I could never be that open anymore. I could never trust anybody like that. I could never open my life to be known like that or to know like that. So you give up. And it all happens in a couple of beats of the heart, a couple of blinks of the eye. You read the, you read the passage, you sigh, and you grieve for a dream that you can't have anymore. Maybe not. You know, one of the things about the gospel story is it begins with, with bad news. We're in a mess and we can't get out of it. The good news is that God comes to us. And maybe one of, the, one of the reasons that we have this story after so many, so many years is that we kept re rediscovering the dream. And for some reason, God wouldn't let us give up on it. So when you read the creation story, there's a couple of basic things that we have forgotten about marriage and it may be good for us to remember today. The first thing you remember is that Adam was created, Eve too. But the first relationship was not to each other, but was a relationship with God. Adam was created, and Eve was created later and brought to him. Eve was created, and her first recognition was not Adam, but God. God brought her to Adam. The first primary relationship in the story of Adam and Eve is their individual relationships with God. Now, we forget this. We get busy. We forget that the most important thing a godly man can do in a godly marriage is to make sure he is engaged in a transforming relationship that continues in his own relationship with Jesus Christ. The most important thing a godly woman can do in a godly marriage is make sure she has a strong, transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. First and foremost, they seek the individual relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where it starts. Now, because we don't do this, because we forget this, we look for the other person to bring it to us. And you've heard this all the time, right? What that boy needs is a godly woman to straighten him out. And some of you wives got married thinking your husband was going to be the answer to all of your questions. And it shocks you one morning to realize he's not Jesus. What was your first clue? 
It's unfair to the other to put them in a situation where only Jesus can stand. The husband cannot be center of the wife's life. The wife cannot be center of the husband's life. That that place can only be held by Jesus Christ. When we talk about the glory of Christ, the word glory literally means mass, weight. And this mass, this weight, has a gravitational pull that holds everything else in orbit. It is when the center of God's glory, it's when God's glory is at the center of your life that everything else, including your marriage, is held in its proper orbit. If there is no center, if there is no glory, no mass in the center of your life, then everything falls out of orbit. Everything spins out of control. Seek the kingdom of God first. First. And then everything else takes place. If you want a godly marriage, you need godly husbands and godly wives in the marriage. Now, you're looking at me going, well, duh. There's an insight I got up early and shaved for. Mike, thank you very much. But it's interesting, isn't it? When we talk about relationships, when we talk about dating, never ever is the first question, is he a man of God? Tell me about his relationship with Jesus Christ. First question is, is he cute? (laughs) The first question is never, tell me about her relationship with Jesus Christ. Does she know the Lord? Is she a Christian? That is never the first question. First question, is she cute? Then we're surprised when we don't end up with a godly marriage. It's when you are in that relationship and you're dealing with your own stuff in a relationship with Jesus Christ that you find forgiveness and healing and wholeness and you become whole in yourself, complete in yourself in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Because the love he gives you, you can't handle it all. You cannot hold the ocean in a thimble. It runs over you. It sloshes out of you. And the first person it sloshes to is your spouse. Okay? Now, this is key. You have to be whole and complete and healthy in yourself before you can have a whole and healthy relationship. What happens is we have people who are wounded and broken trying to find that in each other. And you end up with this stuff. We need each other. We need, why do you want to get married? Oh, I need her. I need, that's neurotic. (laughs) Two wounded people do not make a healthy marriage. That makes a hospital. Hear me. (laughs) And we're surprised. We're surprised. No, what Christ wants for you is you to be whole and complete in him. He is everything you need. We say that all the time. We, we, we sing in our worship. He's all that you need. You are complete and whole in him. If he gives you a relationship, then that relationship is gift and a person that you are to want, not need. Jeannie does not need me. She reminds me of that often. I'm grateful she wants me, but she doesn't need me. I don't need her. Now, if something crazy happened, I would cry for days and days and days. But I wouldn't die 
but I want her. Whole in Christ. Then you're able to have a healthy relationship. I can be who I am, and I can allow Jeannie to be who she is without having to manipulate her into something that I think I need, without her having to manipulate me to be something that she needs. The first relationship, as the creation story reminds us, has to be the individual's relationship with Jesus Christ. Second, the marriage was created to do something. God created Adam to be a steward. He was placed into the garden to work it and attend it. Note, God gave Adam a job before he gave him a wife. Then he introduces Eve as what? A helpmate. Somebody who is to work with him. They have a job to do. There was a purpose, of the, a kingdom purpose in the relationship. There is a kingdom purpose in your marriage and in your relationship. Find that out. What gifts do you bring? What talents do you bring? And then get busy in that kingdom purpose. It's not about you being happy. According to our culture, the purpose of a marriage is to make you happy. And you hear people say, oh, I'm not going to stay together. Why? I'm just not happy. So? It's not about you. It's about the kingdom. Did you know that when Paul talked about heaven, he talked in the same language of the, as, the, as, as the writer of Genesis described the marriage relationship? 1 Corinthians 13, that passage where he says, when I was a little boy, I talked and I thought like a little boy. Well, when I grew up to be a man, I let go of childish things. And right now, I'm looking through a glass darkly a dark glass, and I can't really make out what's on the other side. I can kind of see images, but I can't see all the way through it. Then, when Christ returns and restores all that's been broken and lost in sin, then I will know, even as I am known. Same picture. In talking about the marriage, Paul writes to the Ephesian church, and I'm telling you about a great mystery. I'm telling you about something that I cannot put down in words, but I'm trying to get a point across to you about Jesus and his church. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Wives, love your husbands as the church loves her Lord so that when the two of you are together, what you make known is the very presence of Christ himself. For it is the presence of three, not two. That's the original plan. It was Adam and Eve and God the Father. Now it is you and me and Christ the Lord. All three. All three. Without, it doesn't work. We all want the healthy, uh, you know, love and joy and peace. We want this to be part of our marriage. But those are fruits. Fruits. A lot of us want the fruit without the tree. It doesn't work. Husbands, you have to be growing in your own relationship with Jesus Christ. That means praying for your wife, understanding your wife, paying attention to her wife, because Adam was a steward of Eve. Eve, you need, you need to be praying, wives, for your husbands, praying about your own relationship because Eve was there to help.
your husband become all that he was created to be in the power of Jesus Christ. Now. Thanks for listening in on the conversation. If you want to find out more about Dr. Mike Lynn, you can go to MikeLynnOnline.com or you can follow him on Twitter at Mike Glenn. You can also download a free copy of 170 Ways to Love Your Spouse on his website, MikeLynnOnline.com. Thank you.